0: This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to Halftime Adjustments. Happy Wednesday evening. I'm Albie Oxenrider. And on the other end of the Zoom call is our buddy from DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. Chris, it's all good as we head into the last half of December. What do you think?
1: I think it's going to be exciting, man. We got a lot of great football games lined up for the Steelers. Who would have thunk it? You know, all the times that we've said this year, who have they played? Well, guess what? They got several opponents with a lot of wins starting this week with the Buffalo Bills at nine and three.
0: All right, well, looking to rebound. It's, let's face it, that Ravens game—they uh, they were flat. They mm-hmm. got away with a win. They were flat against again against Washington. Did not get a win. The losses out of the way. Had a couple flat performances. So, what are you looking for? realistically from this Steelers team as they head on the road to play a very, very challenging game.
1: I look for the, for the defense to one, get healthy. Uh, we got to see if Steven Nelson's back. It's tough to expect Joe Hayden to come back out of concussion protocol on a short week, because technically this is a short week with something with Monday to Sunday. Um, but you also got some semi-good news, maybe for the future, because Ulysses Gilbert was going is set to practice this week, and he was the backup linebacker that was supposed to even start ahead of Robert Spillane, maybe, if he was healthy, but then he had a back injury, he got put on injury reserve. If he's okay to go, even if he can't go this week, be, it's going to be huge if he can come back for the later games, because Robert Spillane's injury it doesn't looks like it's season ending just looks like he's gonna miss a couple games and that's good because the Steelers need depth at inside linebacker right now it's really just Avery Williamson and Vince Williams uh but defense they need to get healthy I still think that together they're a really good group if they can get at least one of their cornerbacks back they'll be fine offensively Albie it's the it's the two things everyone's talking about catch the ball and run the ball and we got huge news yesterday with uh with or not yesterday Wednesday with uh James Conner being being activated from the COVID-19 list, which could really revitalize this this offense. Well, uh, certainly it's uh, getting getting back
0: to running the ball is a big part of it. And as you mentioned, the drops, we, we talked about this and, and everybody can hear it on half a uh, fantasy football insider uh, in a bit. But but let's face it, um, there, there there's, it has to be a men, it's got to be a mental thing. And you were talking about one game versus two games, three games. It becomes a concern. It begins to be a trend. So what do they do they do to avoid that? Is there something simple that they can go back to to catch the ball? Is it just focus? Is it trying to do too much? Is it something else? What do you think is the problem there?
1: Well, James Washington said that the players need to work on catching the ball and not trying to run before you got it. And yes. that could be something. When I look on tape, I do see that happening a few times, especially with Deontay Johnson. But the biggest thing, of course, like you said, it's focus. They got to get back into their routine. Their routine was thrown all out of whack uh, when they when they when they played the Ravens, as they thought they were playing Thursday, then Sunday, then Monday, then eventually Tuesday, and then eventually Wednesday. Um, and it was just. It, that was pretty wild. And then to kind of a short week to try and rebound from all of that, that's a lot to put on some players. And I know some people were like, well, you're not making, you're making excuses. No, it's just a reality of things because this team wasn't dropping the ball before that Ravens game. They were doing quite fine. Eric Ebron had two drops in the entire year. Um, they had been doing just fine. And they, and that's why they were, you know, one of the a top five offense. They're still number seven in scoring going into this week after two really bad weeks for the offense. So, uh, ultimately this is a this is a focus thing this is something within their control I think it's still that th- that's the good thing about this for Steelers fans Albie is that this isn't about what other teams are doing right now this is still about what are the Steelers doing to get better because if they figure it out on their own they still become the most formidable opponent in the NFL because they have so many different ways to beat you when they're on their best
0: two questions uh, and then the second question will be about confidence but the first question is uh, and every team deals with this. It's not something that's unique to the Steelers in this in this time that we live right now. Um, they've been affected by COVID, and and when when you take Marquise Pouncey out of the lineup, when you take James Conner out of the lineup, um, these are uh, players who affect the flow of what you do offensively. Certainly, Marquise Pouncey has a lot to do uh, with you know the, the fact that they haven't really committed to running the football, and maybe some other things as well. Talk about the the effect that COVID has had taking those players out of the lineup. Has that been a big uh, factor in your mind?
1: Yes, it has been. And I know a lot of people are, are going to say, well, Marquise Pouncey isn't a great run blocker anymore. And no, he's not. But he does get everyone else on point, And he does have a relationship with Ro- Ben Roethlisberger that J.C. Hassenauer or no other center is going to have. When you were in that – when the Steelers were in that fir- first and goal in inches situation, there were no quarterback sneaks. Why? Because J.C. Hasenauer was in there. And you're going to put him in a tight situation where in a quick exchange, he not only has to snap the ball to Ben Rothersberger, but get off the ball and blow up somebody in the, in, in the in A-gap. And that's not easy to do when the other team is barreling down on you. And that's also a place where Ben Rothersberger could get hurt in such a situation. Marquise Pouncey in there, they probably call that quarterback sneak as we've seen them do over the past couple seasons with Pouncey out there. So that's one aspect, but also the other aspect of just getting everyone on the same page. Offensive lines, Albie, are all about building that chemistry, playing together more and more and more so that they Us, understand yeah. wait, where, where the first step goes, where the second step goes, and how that timing works out. And when every time you got to sub in a new guy, they're going to be hurting, and they're going to be, be trying to figure out how, how to plug it. And sometimes it works fine, and sometimes they, they mask up those issues, but having Pouncey out there will help get the offensive line back in order remember they did rush for i think it was six straight games they had over 100 yards rushing this this year before they started dipping below it and even after that it it really this rushing problem really didn't start until a few weeks ago i think part of this just needs to be they need to focus on getting the running game and commit to it and maybe maybe james Conner being back is a, a boost that helps that situation all
0: right confidence and confidence is a result perhaps of all the things you just mentioned chemistry trust focus getting back to what they do and and getting back on track builds confidence in itself and and so if they can get back on track then the problem of you know they lost their swagger a little bit
1: perhaps will return do you think that that's the case absolutely i think that uh, that you know they're still they they still had that swagger even after the ravens game I i think they still believe i think they even now still believe in themselves but now it's a matter of finding the way to carry that swagger while also still being humble, which isn't always easy, especially for younger players. You want to see them get that swagger back where it's they're still not overconfident, but they still know they can get the job done because they've done it. All right.
0: Thank you, Chris. When we come back, we're going to talk more Steelers. Also a little bit about COVID and uh, hockey in January. Looking promising now, at uh, least hopeful. Uh, this is Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie rider with Chris Carter, and we're back after this. This is Halftime Adjustments on
1: WPXI Now.
0: Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'll Oxenrider with Chris Carter. And uh, the COVID situation, Chris, uh, continues to pick up speed again, getting very serious uh, on, on a lot of levels. Um, and, and certainly uh, we have to look at the effect that it's having on sports. And just, just for some setup here, uh, Dick Vital has been on Twitter very active in his opinion that the college basketball should take a break, uh, some type of a break. Jeff Capel was talking about how this is worse than it was back in the spring when they put things on hold. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State football canceled. Uh, there's a lot of things happening now. And, and do you think that, that, that any of those things uh, should be uh, put into
1: place? I think it certainly should be considered right now, um, especially with the COVID numbers across the country. Albie we're seeing spikes across, you know, all the United States. We're seeing spikes here in Allegheny County, uh, Rashad Weaver, the the, the the Pitts defensive end, who was a, a semifinalist for the Chuck Bednarik award in college football and him and uh, you know, him and Patrick Jones have been spectacular this year. Rashad Weaver just opted out for the final game of the season. You know, he had a chance, you know, if he got, if he had a great week, he would have had a chance at, at leading the nation in sacks, um, you know, with, with, that game and georgia tech's not a great offense so it was very possible there but he forego that he said you know what i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put myself at risk here not just for injuries but just for covid if you think about it this bowl season i'll be there's already been 11 canceled bowl games and yes they haven't been the cotton bowl or the sugar bowl or the orange bowl but they're all the kind of bowls that Pitt would normally play in. They're the, they're the pinstripe bowl. They're the quick lane bowl, you know, those type of games. And you're seeing teams, teams and programs being like, you know what, if I'm not making it to the college football playoffs, why am, why am I stressing myself out right now? Like Rashad Weaver knows, even if Pitt beats Georgia tech by a thousand in in this upcoming game, they would maybe, maybe get one of those middling bowls. And then on top of that, you're not even sure if those bowls will even happen because more of them are getting canceled. So you got st- young students having to make tough decisions. It's rough. And uh, across the board, I think people really need to look at what, you know, what kind of safety regulations and and, uh, and risks that are being put up for these young 19 year old, 20 year old kids to be figuring out. Well, Jeff Capel
0: said uh, a few weeks ago uh, that, that, that these, they're scheduling extra games because you don't know, when all of a sudden the season's gonna uh, be put on pause and you're gonna have to have a minimum amount of games uh, in in order to qualify for the NCAA tournament. And, and, and I know we're you know, going in a lot of directions here, but I, it's almost, I, I get the feeling that it's almost a foregone conclusion in the minds of some that they're gonna have to pause at some point. And, and, and let me go in another direction, Pitt at Georgia Tech. I mean, if, if the situation is what it is, which is serious, why would you even worry about making that trip? Um, you know, at what point in time do you start, you know, if you're, if, if I realize situ, the COVID situation may be different in different places. If you cancel Ohio State, Michigan, then, then why wouldn't you consider canceling Pitt at Georgia Tech and, you know, the Pitt basketball teams in, uh, on the road to play Northwestern? Um, there's still a lot of stuff going on in the middle of all these in, in spike in cases. And, and you wonder when it will, if it will take effect on these college sports and other sports for that matter.
1: Well, that's the thing, Albie, is they're still treating it on a case-by-case basis. This is still not a – it wasn't a sweeping decision to cancel Ohio State and Michigan. That happened because Michigan had a spike in its players testing right. positive for COVID. but. Uh you know, remember Georgia Tech versus Pitt was supposed to be played a month ago. It was originally right. postponed because both teams had a rush of players. And we saw the very next week Pitt only had 16 players missing because they they were out for COVID-19. And Georgia Tech was said said to even have even worse numbers at the time. So um it's they're still treating on a case by case basis. These coaches like Jeff Capel, who spoke out very uh, you know, you know, in defense of the players and, and the struggles that they're going through. They're doing what they can to manage the situation and make sure the season can go on. But these decisions need to come from up top, Albie. As far as hey, if we can't get to protect these players, why are we doing this right now? Because we're starting exactly. to see the long-term impact of some some people who can't you know von miller said he still hasn't been able to breathe easy ever since he tested positive for covid19 and von miller is one of the best athletes over the past decade so when he says that that's alarming to me and that's alarming and stuff like that's alarming to coaches and players and parents and you know administrators who all, all they're thinking of is we're putting these kids out here who are playing for free to you know to risk COVID-19 and and lifelong, you know, you know effects from 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 this from this coronavirus. I'll be that's a tough that's a tough decision to make. And in basketball, I'll be you have to remember in football if a couple guys get or even like we said if 16 guys get it, you can rebound. You can you have you have a big enough roster to move that. If 3 guys get it in in basketball, your whole team is is close to each other. They got to shut it down and they can't play a game. That's the risk of the, of this. It's so delicate right now. Um, and Jeff Capel also said in that same statement where he was talking about that, he said he's extremely proud of how young men and women across this country are going through this in college sports. He said he couldn't have done it when he played college hoops because he just wouldn't able to focus And how they're doing this. And mind mind you, Pitt students, they just finished finals, Al- Albie. Like, you still got to go through all of those type of things while you're getting tested three or four times a week, while you're game planning all through all through that and then you're worrying am i even going to play this weekend because i'm not sure if i got it by some mishap.
0: Yeah, and and i think that that's my point and i and i know it's difficult and the decisions have to come from either the conferences or the NCAA, but if we, the, the big story every day that we talk about is this spike in covid and how dangerous it is and 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 how widespread it is. And I'm just throwing this out there with all due respect to the game that they're going to play on Thursday night. Why does that game even matter? It's it, that game is not uh, in, in, in the big picture, that game doesn't matter. Um, they're going to play that game. And, and I know that they're, they're you know, they, they want to play, they, they want to get out there and play. And, and, and I'm not saying pull the carpet out from underneath them, but I'm just saying, safety needs to be first and if it's as bad as we keep hearing then 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 start canceling these games that don't, that, that don't matter in the big picture That just just a thought um all right we'll be back with more uh, right after this including hockey and what they're talking about now for january halftime adjustments we'll be right back
1: This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now.
0: Hey, and welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Albie rider Chris Carter. Chris, it wasn't looking like they were going to play hockey anytime soon uh, recently, but uh, some developments on that front, and it now looks, uh, they're at least hopeful uh, that they'll be able to resume uh, hockey, start the hockey season um, in January, mid-January, and looking at a game, Uh, a schedule that includes like 52 to 56 games Um, your thoughts on that they've already uh, canceled the um, you know the outdoor game the big outdoor game the winter classic Um, but but this there's there's a commitment to try to start it here Um, and looking like there won't be any fans but they will start the season in mid-January your thoughts on all that
1: I think it's good that they're trying to get, bring it back because you know you still want to look at the possibility, but there's several factors here, Alby. One, we know that with this, there's still there's still the risk that things could go sour even worse than the Harris, you know, even worse for the for the United States um, as far as their COVID numbers, and this could be in a much tighter situation. You know, we're talking about right now in Allegheny County, maybe things got to go back into lockdown. People are talking about that all across the country. If that's happening, Alby. It's tough to justify what you're doing right now and say, you know, hey, um, you know, you know, can can we, you know, can we force these players to get back out there? And I know money's on the line here, Albie. But the other thing, and this is my second big point, is the NHL is much more dependent on on selling tickets and and, you know to fill to fill stadiums then say the nba or mlb or nfl those are those are sports that have consistently drawn high ratings and high enough ratings that justify their you know you know saying hey just put this on tv it'll sell it'll make money we'll lose we'll lose more money than you know we won't make it as much money as, as we normally would have but the percentage of, of revenue comes a lot from, from the ticket sales in hockey. Personally, Albie, I, I think the idea of more type of winter classic environments might actually benefit the sport. Because if you're, again, if you wait until football season's over, you get a few more football stadiums in some of the towns that have have that. If you can plan around that and properly social distance fans, hockey fans would go nuts for that. I mean, and let's face it, the winter classics, it always draws huge eyes because there's a beautiful atmosphere. It's outdoors, feels yeah. like natural hockey. Imagine you play out. You can you can get an outdoor environment. You know you're gonna double or sometimes even triple the amount of people you can have in attendance, and then that way you can have you know maybe five thousand people attend, four thousand people attend. Either way, you get more people on that, and you might get more people to turn on the television because they're like, hey, that's pretty cool. That's not normal. And I think it would be a better move for the NHL to consider that. But of course, there's so many variables up right now, I Evan. I think that's the problem they're dealing with. They're not sure how one week is gonna look compared to the next. Yeah. And I think, uh,
0: you know, we talked about this uh, in the final word last Sunday night. And, and one of the one of our contributors, the feeling was if you put the season off to the fall, uh, you know, if you just say we're going to we're going to start in the fall of 2021. Well, that's a considerable amount of time uh, between real hockey and real hockey. There's a lot of, you know, what we saw last year was anything but but uh, fan friendly. Um, you know, it was I know that at first you watch those bubble games and maybe there was a little bit of a novelty. And, you know, but let's face it. It was just very strange. They played yep. in the bubble and 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 obviously there were no fans. And as you pointed out, they need that. They need the, the gate to survive. Um, and I guess the, the best thing to do is plan. Be hopeful. If you can start in mid-January, then so be it. At some level, at least you're making some money, and you're getting back to you're you're getting back to playing hockey. The big question is where does this whole thing go? Uh, does it get worse after the Christmas and and all the holidays that we're about to encounter? I right, think that be- that's one of the concerns that after the holidays and the gatherings that will take place it will get worse
1: and, and and that is a big concern cuz we saw, we saw a spike after halloween when it was just trick or treating we're seeing a spike thanks to thanksgiving because people didn't didn't uh, you know take the advisories in those situations now you're dealing with hanukkah Christmas, New Year's, all these things that are just saying, hey, you know, you get to get back, get back together. And for all the people, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I've seen nurses talk about how they talk to patients who got COVID from a 22 person gathering. That's, you know, stuff like that. And now imagine people that did that and then no one tested positive for COVID-19. They're probably thinking, oh, we can do that again because it worked last time. And it's those type of environments where the coronavirus continues to spread. It's a little scary that you know you're dealing with Christmas. You know the NBA, they're planning on doing games right on Christmas Day. You know they're they're trying they're trying to make things happen on their end. You know so I again I get the NHL trying to come back, but right now Albie, it's early to mid December. Where are we going to be in two weeks when Christmas is happening? You know before we even get to those holidays where people are spending time around each other and you you see that the, the chance for this virus to spread that's the scary part i hope that you know maybe by then the vaccine's been distributed a little bit more you know there's a little bit more of a calming sense around the country and we get somewhere but it certainly is a very scary prospect both for the health of people and for people who just need something to fall back on, because that's the other thing, Albie, people are getting depressed out here. And one thing that helps you deal with that sometimes are distractions, things like sports, things like music, things like events, something that brings you a connection to something that you appreciate and you admire, you and love. And I know that for a lot of people, there's a lot of hockey fans out there that would love to see their penguins, you know, who, whoever they root for out there to get on the ice and give them some evenings where they can just sit back, relax and feel like something is normal in, the, in, this, in this crazy times.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And going back to what I was talking earlier about the college football and college basketball, I do think there's a value in trying to make it happen to give the fans that normalcy that they so much need right now. Um, So that's the other side of that coin. All right. Thanks, Chris. Back with our final thoughts here on Halftime Adjustments right after. This is Halftime
1: Adjustments on WPXI Now.
0: Welcome back to our final minute and a half here on Halftime Adjustments. Some final thoughts here, and I'm going to throw this to Chris with this question. Now that we know what we know about the Steelers, that first loss is out of the way, a couple guys returning from the COVID list, we've we've kind of begun to see the picture here with the playoffs and the number one seed and everything else, four games remaining three of them are challenging for the Steelers. I want to hear your reset your prediction on where the Steelers go from here uh, with four games left in the regular
1: season. I think they, they, they go 14 and two. I think that the uh, um, the bills are still a tough team. That's that's riding a hot hand after a big win um, this past week, but I think that you you they may drop that game but this is a team that's been built on resilience Alby. they've found ways to respond even just from last year they were eight and eight they were supposed to fall off last year that did that didn't happen this year they were supposed to come out flat that didn't happen uh, when you know when when they got their bye week taken away from them they were supposed to eventually fall on their face in the middle of the season that didn't happen um, and they've continued to answer the call when they've been challenged that's my big thing Alby. this team has been very resilient. If they prove to resilient again, it may be the bounce that puts them forward and gets them ready for the playoffs. That's what Steelers fans should be looking for. All right, and if your prediction uh, is
0: true and they lose to Buffalo, uh, I don't know if that's what you were predicting, but that means they would have to beat Cleveland, Cincinnati, and, of course, the Indy Colts. Thanks, Chris. I'm Albie Oxenrider. That's Halftime Adjustments. See you next week on WTSI Now.